Welcome to the podcast. I'm David Stewart, Editor-in-Chief of Worldwide Tax Daily. What you're about to hear is a recording we made while we were working out the technical details and format of this podcast. It's a great discussion on an important topic, so we're releasing it as a bonus episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Tax Notes Talk, a podcast from Tax Notes, the leading source of tax news, information, and analysis. In March, the IRS temporarily deactivated a data retrieval tool after discovering a breach that affected thousands of taxpayers. But a federal indictment announced in June alleged that the tool was compromised almost a year earlier. What happened? What questions remain? And how can taxpayers protect themselves from identity theft and impersonation scams? I'm your host, Zoe Sagalow, data reporter for Tax Notes Today. In this episode, exploring refund fraud and identity theft, I'll be speaking with Tax Notes Today reporter Luca Gattoni-Celli, who covers tax reform and the IRS. Luca and I will talk about the recent data breach and how taxpayers can stay secure online and off. Thanks for joining us, Luca. Hi, Zoe. Happy to be here. In April, IRS Commissioner John Koskinen said that early this year, the tax data retrieval tool for the free application for federal student aid, or FAFSA, was breached, which resulted in about 8,000 false tax refunds, costing some $30 million. Let's start by unpacking all of that. Sure. The DRT, or data retrieval tool, was an option for federal student aid applicants to retrieve, big surprise, financial information from their tax records. This was mostly families filling out the FAFSA. How have students and their families been affected by the DRT outage? The outage has disrupted the FAFSA application season, creating pressure from congressional lawmakers to reactivate the tool. Koskinen said that 12 to 15 million families use the DRT each year. Before we get too far, though, I want to point out that Koskinen did say the IRS stopped 14,000 false refunds tied to the breach compared with the 8,000 that went through. And during a House committee hearing in early May, an IRS official said the agency was still investigating whether those 100,000 taxpayer records we talked about earlier were actually compromised. The official added that the IRS had indications that many likely weren't, so the number of actual victims may be much lower. What information would identity thieves want to steal from the DRT? That's a key question. Identity thieves wanted to steal taxpayers' adjusted gross income information for 2015. This would allow the thieves to electronically file 2016 tax returns and claim false refunds. Starting with this most recent application cycle, the FAFSA required tax return information from two years prior as opposed to one. Switching to older information was meant to make the FAFSA easier to fill out, but in this case it backfired. So what steps has the IRS taken to make the DRT more secure and bring it back online? Well, in early June, students applying for what are called income-driven repayment plans regained access to the DRT, which was updated to encrypt tax information and hide it from view. However, FAFSA users' access will not be restored until October 1st, 2017 for the 2018-2019 application year or season. What was the timeline of the breach and the decision to take the DRT offline? The major DRT breach we've been talking about started in late January, but the IRS did not recognize it for more than a month, ultimately taking the DRT offline on March 3rd. The IRS informed the public on March 9th, calling its action a, quote, precautionary step in a joint statement with the Department of Education, which runs FAFSA. However, during the House committee hearing I mentioned, an official from the IRS's Inspector General's office cited suspicious DRT incidents going back as far as September 2016. That was when some 
someone unsuccessfully tried to steal then-candidate Donald Trump's tax information. IRS officials said at the time that they wanted to take the DRT offline, um, and they actually did a major security review in October that found problems, but they said they had to work with another agency, the Education Department. The two agencies at the time agreed to watch the DRT for suspicious activity. Then a federal indictment announced later in June added a big new twist to the story. That's right. A few days later, everything changed. One of the defendants in that case allegedly used the DRT to steal tax year 2014 adjusted gross income information of two victims around March 11th, 2016, and of another victim around March 15th, 2016, almost a year before the DRT was taken offline. The June indictment was an update. It added the DRT allegations to the case, so it seems likely that the IRS only recently uncovered this evidence, but they would have to confirm that. And when the DRT was first abused, also seems like it's still unclear. Absolutely. The June indictment alleged that the two named defendants in the case acquired personal information such as birth dates and social security numbers by either email purchase or through the DRT. Now, that was uh, in a time frame between March 2014 and March 2016, which is up to three years before the DRT was taken offline. And without clarification, we really can't be sure how it fits into the picture. What does the IRS have to say about this. Well, funny you should ask. The IRS emailed me this response on July 6th. Quote, as for the FAFSA questions, we don't have anything else to add outside of our previous statements and testimony. End quote. So what is the takeaway for taxpayers? What questions are we still trying to answer? Well, there, there are three main ones. First, we still don't know when the DRT was first abused. We also don't know when the IRS first learned of the abuse and we don't know how many taxpayers' records were stolen in total. It seems entirely possible that there are incidents we just don't know about yet. However, I will add, we do still have ways to find that out. Looking forward to seeing what you dig up. That uncertainty is a good segue into a discussion of what taxpayers can do. How can we protect ourselves from refund fraud? Well, the good news is that the answer is actually pretty simple. Individuals should file their taxes as early as possible to preempt identity thieves and refund fraud. Sounds like planning ahead is really worth it. Definitely. What about IRS impersonation phone calls? How do these more traditional scams work? IRS impersonators demanding money try to provoke an emotional reaction, usually based on fear. A term for this is amygdala hijacking, trying to harness the fight-or-flight response, basically. A very descriptive term. Definitely. How can taxpayers avoid those pitfalls? Well, in a nutshell, we should think before we act. So if someone calls unexpectedly demanding money or information, hang up. In the case of the IRS and its private tax debt collectors, they will always send you a letter before calling. So if you do get a call from the IRS or from someone claiming to be a tax debt collector, it absolutely should not come as a surprise. What about phishing scams such as spam emails? The same rules apply, actually. Don't click on links in unexpected or odd text messages or emails, even from people you recognize. If you feel rushed, just stop and take a breath. So for example, let's say you get an email that looks like it's from Google telling you to change your Google password. Instead of clicking on the link in the email, go directly to Google and change your password there. Now, Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign and the Democratic National Committee were hacked by fake Google emails just like that. All very interesting. Thanks for sharing this information, Luca. And let us know if you unravel more of the DRT mystery. I definitely will. Thanks for having me, Zoe. Tax Notes Talk is a production of Tax Notes. You can learn more about us by visiting www.taxnotes.com backslash products. When major media wants the straight story, they turn to Tax Notes. Thank you for listening, and join us again for another edition of Tax Notes Talk.
Tax Analyst Inc. does not provide tax advice or tax preparation services. Nothing in this podcast constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice. A full disclaimer is included in the transcript.